It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our very first Astro Line show of 2021. We are presented by Carbach Brewery, and we are here at Pluckers Live at 1400 Shepherd Drive. Presented by Carbach Brewing, as we said, crafted for fun. Todd Callis alongside Robert Ford. Robert, good to have you alongside for our good first show of 2021. How you doing? I'm doing great. I think like a lot of people, excited that it is no longer 2020. Yeah, I think for <laughs> sure everybody was excited about turning the page on last year. And here we are, less than an hour before we go on the air. We actually have some news today. We haven't had a lot of news this offseason from the Houston Astros, but a new reliever in the mix and somebody James Click is very familiar with. Yeah, Ryan Stanek uh, signed as a, a free agent this offseason. He had been non-tendered by the, the Marlins, who he finished up last year with. Previously with the Tampa Bay Rays, making his big league debut with them in, in 2017. And he was really one of the first openers mm -hmm. uh, and really embraced that role and excelled in that role. And a guy who throws really hard, averaged 96 miles an hour with his fastball last year uh, with the Marlins and has a, a pretty good slider and a splitter as well, if I remember correctly. So uh, looking forward to seeing how he fits in the mix and James Click. Uh, apparently said uh, not too long ago after uh, the, the deal was announced, doesn't think the Astros are done, and I don't think any of us are surprised to hear that either. No, de definitely not done. And we're going to have a special guest with us tonight. And if you're not going to have James Click, this is the next best guy to have on, Pete Patilla. He's the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros. We had an interview with him yesterday, so he won't necessarily reference the Ryan Stanek acquisition, which just happened in the last hour. But he'll talk to us about what the outfield looks like, some of the young pitching prospects that he likes, and uh, other topics are along the course of tonight. But, yes, yeah, Stanek's a guy, uh, as you said, who was an opener, uh, 56 starts over his career. They actually had a promotion in Tampa Bay where they had a bottle opener with his head on it. So it was, <laughs> he, tr he became the true definition of the opener with the Rays. I don't think that's going to be his role here with the Astros. Right. But he can be a back-end guy that can ping-pong along with Ryan Presley. Right, and, and he has a little bit of experience. And, yeah, you, you just have another weapon, another hard-throwing weapon in the late innings. I mean, obviously, that's what you want. That's what you need. Fits right in, like you mentioned, Ryan Presley. You think about Anoli Paredes coming mm -hmm. back after his sensational rookie year. Another hard thrower. Uh, so it's good to, to kind of see things maybe start to take shape. I'd have to imagine, you know, James Click saying earlier that he didn't think the Astros were done. I don't think that they're probably done with the bullpen either and, and looking yes. at, and there are a lot of, lot of options out there. A lot of relief pitchers still on the market right now. It has been a slow market to this point. That's one of the topics we'll talk about. Uh, with Pete about, but it's been really quiet, which is nice to see the Astros get on the board here on the 7th of January. It is nice. I mean, it's not going to grab the headlines around Major League Baseball today uh, as far as moves go with the Mets uh, acquiring <laughs> Francisco Lindor yes. and that blockbuster trade with the Indians, Carlos Carrasco going over to the Mets in that deal as well. But yeah, it's, and I mean, I can't tell you, and you've probably seen it too on on social media with fans like, hey, when are they going to make a move? What's going on? What's taking so long? But 
Uh, I think that there's still a lot out there. There's still, you know, you think about the big fish out there. None of them have been signed yet. Uh, so there's still, even though it doesn't seem that way, there's still a lot of offseason left and a lot of guys out there that, that could potentially find their way into an Astros uniform. I think impact for the Astros today with that trade is positive. Not only are you losing a Carlos Carrasco and a Francisco Lindor out of the American League right. in case you face the Indians in the future, and I don't even know if the Astros even have a chance at George Springer, but I think the fact that the Mets have all those guys now under contract makes it less likely that they will overpay for a Springer in the offseason. It certainly seems that way. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. That is good news. Also, it could, um, you know, with, with Springer, it's, it's going to be interesting because, of course, the Mets have the new owner, Steve Cohen, yep. who has very deep pockets. He's worth more than the – he's the not only is he worth more than any other owner in Major League Baseball, he's worth more than the next three owners on the list combined. Wow. So, uh, you know, he's got some deep pockets – uh, you know, he certainly has said a lot of the right things and has talked about spending money. And I think Mets fans are just excited that the Wilpons are no longer running the team because they did not spend money that you would expect a team in New York to spend over the last several years or so. Uh, so I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out. Is Steve Cohen and, you know, Sandy Alderson back as Mets team president? Are they going to look to make a, a big splash by, by bringing in a, a George Springer? Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I would think, like you, that uh, with Lindor in the fold, uh, and considering they gave up some pretty good prospects, they gave up a high draft pick from a couple of years ago in that deal, you would think that they'd want to try and, and lock him up to a long-term deal if they can. Sure. He's a free agent after 2021. Uh, so that factors into that equation, too, when you start thinking about uh, George Springer potentially going to the Mets. Robert Ford, Todd Callis hosting tonight on our first Astro Line of 2021. We have Michelle and Gloria with you as well, the shooting stars. They are out to give you some prizes throughout the night here if you are here watching our Astro Line first show of 2021. We're live from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd Drive. Fans, Pluckers is the official home of Astro Line and the Astros Hot Stove Show. Make sure to come and see Minute Maid Park and get a behind-the-scenes look at the ins and outs of the stadium with a ballpark tour from the dugout to the press box to the warning track, the manual scoreboard. It's all on board. We'll guarantee that you'll never see Minute Maid Park like this. You can book your tour today at astros.com slash Tours. We'll be joined by Pete Patilla on the other side of the break, assistant GM of the Houston Astros, as we roll on from Pluckers on a Thursday night. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Welcome back to Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd Drive in downtown Houston. Astro Line presented by Car Bach Brewing, crafted for fun. We are live, Todd Callis and Robert Ford. Fans know Pluckers is the official home of Astro Line, the Astros Hot Stove Show in the 2021 season just around the corner. You won't want to miss a minute of the action. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the year with Astros season tickets. Visit Astros.com slash ticket plans or call 1-877-9-ASTROS to learn more. First segment, we talked about the Astros acquiring 29-year-old right-handed reliever Ryan Stanek from the Miami Marlins. He was a free agent 
uh, after being non-tendered by the Marlins. And he was a guy originally with the Rays when James Click was there, traded to the Marlins for another hard-throwing right-hander, Nick Anderson, who was part of that decision with the Blake Snell uh, being pulled from Game 6 of the World Series. But uh, it's an interesting move. We're going to hear in a little while from Pete Patilla. Uh, but, Robert, another uh, another hard-throwing arm in, the, in a bullpen where the Astros last year used a lot of rookies. Right. And to have a little bit more experience. And then you think about those rookies who performed so well last year, Noli Paredes and Blake Taylor and Andre Scrub. And we talk about them a little bit with Pete Patilla coming up here in a minute. But uh, those guys all have a year of experience under their belt as well. And you can never have enough hard throwers or enough quality arms in the bullpen. And the bullpen seems to always be the most volatile area, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't always know what your performance is going to be from certain guys from year to year. So you want to have as many options as possible. And it looks like that's what James Click is trying to do by bringing in a Ryan Stanek. And, uh, you know, as we talked about in the first segment, I'd imagine he'll probably look to target some some other uh, bullpen arms as well. So keep that in mind when you listen to this interview. Pete was unaware, or at least unable to tell us officially, about the acquisition of Ryan Stanek when we talked to him yesterday. But he does talk about a lot of the other young arms that stepped up that Robert previously mentioned. Our first question to Pete was about how last year was unusual and that the GM, James Click, didn't come aboard till late in the offseason. And we asked him how this offseason might be a little better and different from last year. Obviously, normal's kind of been redefined this year, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, we've been you know rolling through our normal processes and everything, and uh, you know, the calendar's turned over. Now we, we've got our eyes set on uh, preparing for spring training, so it moves quick, but uh, you know, we're excited, and hopefully we can get, get things back to normal. When you get past the new year, does it feel like things ramp up and things have to speed up to get ready because baseball's right around the corner? Yeah, every day feels like uh, two or three days. Hard to believe it's only a third day back because it's just kind of like an avalanche of things. And, you know, especially this year with everything that we have to be mindful of and prepare and then prepare contingency plans for, you know, if and when things could change. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very busy time of year um, after, you know, a nice quiet period during the holiday break. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the contingency plans and, and, and preparation because, I mean, normally you kind of know when everything's going to be. Spring training is going to start this date for the big leaguers, and then the minor league camp starts this time. Big league season starts this time. Minor league season starts that time. I mean, we don't even know when the minor league season is going to start officially. No schedules have been released on the minor league side, and obviously the hope is the big league side starts on time. But when you talk about contingency plans, how that has to be really tricky because it's not like you know for sure – uh, okay, if it doesn't go this way, then it's going to go that way. I mean, it could go in, in so many different directions. Yeah, that's right. And I, it really, there's, you know, cascading effects on down the line with, with different things. So um, we just have to do our best to kind of simulate. And, um, you know, I guess if, if there's a silver lining from last year, it's, it's that, um, you know, you got to plan, plan for a lot of different angles. Um, you know, I don't think anybody imagined what happened last year could have, but um, it's, prepared us to approach things in a way that, you know, gives us some flexibility there. What's the communication been like and the message been to uh, a lot of the players, particularly the guys on the minor league side where there's a little bit more uncertainty? Is it just kind of prepare as, as, as if everything's going to be normal or, or is, as what's, what's kind of been that, that communication? Yeah. I mean, just try to take advantage of, of this time, you know, for things that would otherwise be more difficult, you know, especially strength development um, for our players. And we had a, a bunch of guys come in for an instructional league, instructional camp um, this past uh, October and 
guys came in in great shape and uh, we saw a bunch of pitchers hit new all-time high velos uh, hitters you know big exit speed jumps so it was really exciting to see how uh, the guys were taking advantage of this time uh, you know so they're Obviously, they lose. They've, they've lost a lot of the games, but guys have really taken advantage of this, um, you know, physically. Pete Patilla joining us on Astro Line. A lot of people who are listening to Pete tonight are wondering just about those minor leaguers. And you mentioned some increased velocities from some of the pitchers and instructional. Uh, overall, though, the guys will never get that year back, and that's going to be very difficult because that's a, a wasted season for them in their development. Uh, but now that we go forward. I think that I would think the challenge is not extending them too far coming off a season where many of them didn't throw any pitches in a competitive nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to turn the, you know, some of the conventional approaches on, on their heads um, in terms of, you know, incremental increases year to year, because, you know, everybody's going to be starting from zero uh, for 2020. So that's something where, you know, our, our sports science department um, utilizes a lot of different measurement technology to, make sure that our guys are, are, you know, producing force at, at certain levels that, that keeps them safe. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a matter of, you know, monitoring their workload and making it, you know, adjustments appropriately. Um, I think some of the uh, updated uh, guidelines in the minor leagues, you'll, you'll see some expanded rosters that'll help in terms of being able to, you know, progress guys back at a bit of a slower pace uh, more safely. So, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, going to be a new challenge and uh, it's just been something that's never been been done before i know one of the challenges in 2020 for the astros was the health of their pitching and overall having to use so many guys that had never thrown a pitch at the major league level and i think one of the bright spots when you look back on 2020 is just how well these guys performed i think there was even one playoff game where or maybe the first six pitchers all hadn't thrown a pitch at the major league level, or maybe one guy had uh, before 2020. Your thoughts going, looking back on how impressive it was for some of these young guys to step up and what that means for the future. Yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, you know, I think we're always biased looking at our own guys, but uh, we've, we've always felt confident in the young guys we have and uh, with the success we've had at the major league level and, you know, some of the free agent signings, it's been a lot of uh, veterans and we haven't had the opportunity to see as many young guys and, because of the success where we've been drafting later, um, you know, so some of these guys were unheralded because they didn't have big signing bonuses or weren't drafted in the first round, but um, we had confidence in them and there's, there's another wave coming and there's, there's another one behind them. So we're, we're really excited to, to have more opportunities for these guys. So hopefully they can step up. Yeah. It had to have been really exciting because I mean, I think, especially you, you know, you spent so much time on the minor league side. You're always talking about the depth and how these guys can help, but to actually see it come to fruition. I mean, if you look at the way last season went and all the rookie pitchers that the Astros used coming into this year, you might think, oh man, they're, they're going to be in trouble, especially pitching wise. But I have to think that you guys feel pretty good after seeing the likes of Anoli Paredes and, and Blake Taylor and, and Andre Scrub that, that you're, you're, you're in better shape than, than maybe you even, you even thought you were. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes pitching can be a, you know, a bit of a roller coaster where you feel like you have a lot of depth and then, you know, some injuries might pop up, but, uh, yeah, the, the guys in the minor leagues have done a great job uh, developing pitchers and the players put so much work into, you know, refining their game. And um, it, it's really exciting to see it show. And uh, like I said, we have a, a crop of new guys that, you know, I think we might see this year as well. So um, hopefully they keep 
keep contributing. And I think there was another guy, you know, we talk about all the, the guys who hadn't pitched in the big leagues before 2020. Framber Valdez, we had seen, you know, the last few years, he's been in the systems, pitched at the big league level. We knew the, the quality of stuff. Uh, the results didn't always match that until this 2020 season when, you know, he really became uh, one of the key guys down the stretch and pitched great uh, in the postseason. Was there anything in particular that, that you and, and the Astros saw can pinpoint as to what was different for Fromber this year? I mean, obviously, I mean, the results were different, but anything beyond that, that, that led to that. Yeah. I mean, the biggest difference performance wise was the, the strike throwing. Um, obviously he rolls a ton of ground balls. He's been able to bail himself out of situations, but uh, you know, he, he personally credits his work with uh, one of our uh, sports psychologists in the DR, Dr. Andy Nunez, and also his work with uh our strength and conditioning coach there, Jeremy's Guzman. Um, so he, he really dedicated himself and Guzman brought, uh, you know, weightlifting equipment to Valdez's house. And he was uh, doing deadlifts in the street out in front of his house. And, um, it was really pretty amazing to see what these guys, um, did just to, you know, get workouts in. And a lot of these guys had to get pretty creative. Um, you know, like Paredes, you know, he had, you know, just kind of like a, a branch with a couple cinder blocks on it. And he was using that for different workouts. So yeah, the, the guys, um, they really stepped up and, and, you know, use that, that period of uncertainty to, you know, stay in top physical shape. And, um, you know, I think the work that Framber did just to stay calm and focused during the game um, was obvious, you know, sometimes you'd even see him smiling after he gave up a home run. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to see, you know, him come back out here again next year. And um, I think, I think he said he built the weight room in his house now, so he should be all set there. Uh, that was so much fun to watch his progression last year and Paredes and other guys that stepped up uh, in a big way. You said there's another wave coming. Are you willing to throw out some names so fans can maybe get excited? Obviously, the biggest name that we've heard about for years is Forrest Whitley. Do you think we might see Forrest in 2021? Is it uh, a Johanse Torres, a Tyler Ivey? Like, are these, are these some of the names? Are there any others you can add that we might be able to see burst onto the scene in 2021? Yeah, I think uh, Forrest, of course, the um, huge stuff um, before he uh, shut down in uh, the, the alternate site, he, he was 97, 98. He struck out, he faced seven hitters, he struck out seven hitters. So it was the best we'd ever seen him. And he's back to throwing, he's throwing bullpens, he's getting ready. So uh, we're excited. And, um, you know, of course, the other guys that were added to the roster, um, the likes of, you know, Solis and Solomon and Ivy. Um, those are guys, obviously, because they're on the roster, you know, a little bit of a higher chance of seeing them sooner. Um, so we're excited about those guys. They all have, you know, four pitch mixes and uh, throw strikes. And, you know, so I, like I said, some of them are a little more heralded than others, but uh, um, they're all really getting it done. So um, excited to see what uh, 2021 holds for them. Now, something has to happen soon because uh, – a week from Friday, we're getting to within a month, basically, of when spring training is supposed to start. So what are you hearing? Are, are we thinking everything's going to go off on schedule or is that still to be determined? Yeah, so we're, we're preparing um, for spring training to start, uh, you know, on, on its normally scheduled time. And, uh, you know, Carl Schneider's, you know, making plans to get the equipment truck packed up and everything. So, um, you know, we're, we're prepared for that, you know, barring any kind of uh, 
circumstances that, that could change things. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're full go ahead on, uh, on planning for that. Anything going on right now at the complex on a, in West Palm Beach? Are you even able to have guys there uh, uh, working out or, or getting treatment? Yeah, so we're, we're able to have guys who um, either live locally or uh, – need uh, medical care or, or uh, rehab activities it's a you know a limited basis but those are the groups of players that we can have uh, work out of the complex now also speaking of the complex we talked earlier about um instructional league and uh, you mentioned some of the pitchers and uh obviously we didn't get a chance to see uh what uh instructional league i mean nobody did who wasn't you know with one of the teams uh, anybody in particular really stand out to you from from what you guys saw in instructional league? Anyone who you know maybe took a leap forward, or you were really impressed with what you saw with with a long layoff? I, I think the guy that stands out is uh, Hunter Brown. I think he's out of the fourth round. Wayne State. He pitches um, at 96 to 98, and uh, he's got a, like a Tyler Glass now type curveball, huge break, 83, 85 miles an hour. What's um, a you know. 88, 90 mile an hour slider. So another guy who's developed quickly and, you know, the velo's big and um, really hoping we can get some, get some games so that, that these guys can go out and, and show their stuff. But yeah, he's definitely the guy that stands out among that group this year. Remember that name, Hunter Brown. We are joined by Pete Patilla. We're going to take a break right now from Pluckers as we continue with more Astro Line. We'll have more with Pete Robert right around the corner. You're listening to the Houston Astros Radio Network. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! You can get ready for 2021 by checking out the Astros team store in Union Station. Stop by Monday through Saturday for the latest Astros merchandise or... You can call in an order for stadium-side pickup. Visit Astros.com slash Team Store for more information. Todd Callis, Robert Ford will be joined for part two of the interview with Pete Patilla in just a second. And uh, one of the things we talked to him about is the outfield situation, which I'm sure is most uh, on the minds of Astros, Astros fans this offseason. Yeah, Kyle Tucker obviously is back, and he really took a nice step forward last year. So that's encouraging. But, you know, Josh Reddick. Michael Brantley, George Springer, all free agents. Of course, Springer is, is one of the big uh, free agent prizes this offseason. So uh, whether the Astros are able to bring him back, uh, regardless, uh, they're going to have to make some moves here. There's, you know, there's been reports that maybe they'll try and bring Michael Brantley back, who certainly had a productive two years uh, in an Astros uniform. But, yes, yeah, some, some decisions are going to have to be made there about how they're going to uh, fill that outfield. Also, of course, have Miles Straw coming back as well, but just not a whole lot of experience and not a whole lot of depth in the organization in terms of uh, outfield prospects on the minor leagues as well. So that's going to be one of the topics we hit right now with Pete. Reminder, the Astros, if you're just joining us in the last hour and a half, announced that they have acquired reliever Ryan Stanek. He was a free agent, hard-throwing reliever who was with the Marlins last year and also the year before for part of the season prior to that with the Tampa Bay Rays, and he now follows in Dallas Keuchel's footsteps University of Arkansas product, now a Houston Astro. But here is part two with Pete Patilla, and we ask him about what the outfield might look like come opening day. Yeah, we have some internal options. Chaz McCormick, somebody who was added to the, the roster you know, during the playoffs, um, he's somebody we feel good about, good plate discipline. Had a big jump in power from 
18 to 19. That's that's really the big driver that put him on the map. And uh, defensively, you know, he's strong. So um, also obviously Miles Straw out there. So when we look at some of the internal options we have already, um, it's a really strong base defensively um, across the board. And then, you know, we saw what the guys did offensively last year. Um, and then obviously the, you know, our, our pro scouting group here is working hard, um, you know, vetting out the free agent options, you know, different options across the market. So, um, you know, working hard there, you know, it's obviously an area where we lost, uh, you know, a couple key guys. Um, those guys are right at the top of the market right now. So obviously difficult to replace that, but you know, we feel good about where we are and we're, we're continuing to work hard to see, you know, where we can improve. Have you guys determined whether or not you want to see Jordan in the outfield and if so, how much? Yeah. That, I mean, the primary objective is, you know, just keeping him healthy, keeping him, uh, you know, walking to the plate every day. So, um, you know, we could see him out there a bit. Uh, it would you know, maybe be a little bit more limited um, than you might normally see, but um, he's, he's doing sprints. Um, you know, he's hitting, so he, he's in a really good spot right now with this rehab. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to, uh, to see him back out there. You know, speaking of the outfield, the Astros uh, signed Jose Siri uh, this offseason. It uh, was announced, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, he's a, he was a guy who was a, a top prospect in the red system. That's where he was for 2019, got to AAA. Uh, last year, saw time at the Reds and Giants alternate sites. Uh, looks like a guy with a, with a lot of tools, just hasn't quite put it together yet. What are you hoping that, that Jose Siri can provide in an Astros uniform? Yeah, he's, he's uh, some of our, our pro scouting guys identified uh, um, as, as having just really stellar um, defensive capabilities. And then, uh, as you said, he's, he's got a lot of tools. There's a lot of power in there. And um, it's been fun to watch him lately in the uh, Dominican Winter League. He's been uh, going off at the plate. So, yeah, we're excited about the tools. I mean, he has a, a, a good floor with the defense. So, um, you know, just another another player there to add depth. And, you know, there could be opportunities, you know, for him, you know, depending on what happens. So, uh, we're excited to have him aboard. You know, it's tricky enough evaluating guys in your own system after this 2020 season with uh, only 60 games at the big league level. And then obviously a lot of guys were at uh, the alternate site. Uh, how, how tricky is it when you're evaluating guys from other organizations, especially someone like Siri, we mentioned he was at uh, alternate sites. I know there were, you know, it was kind of hit or miss with some teams in terms of uh, access to, to video from other teams, alternate sites. Uh, were, were you guys relying more on, on, past performance in 2019 and before that how much were you able to extract for 2020 when evaluating a guy like Siri and, and other guys that you might potentially bring into the organization yeah so MLB you know facilitated some video data sharing uh, programs and you know, that was useful you know just to make sure guys were still you know at, at the same levels and you saw some guys make some jumps but um really tough to we couldn't see anybody in person at the alternate site and then um during the instructional uh, camps those were you know a month to a month and a half long and um so we had scouts you know head out to those and, and check out the guys but uh i know just based on ours you know we battled a lot of rain so we'd play on games on two different fields you know split things up so um it makes it tough on scouts to get that that same kind of coverage so yeah we're looking a lot at the 2019 and then obviously making sure they're 
they're healthy and, and trying to spot any improvements or, or declines, you know, with the video and data and scouting coverage that we do have. But yeah, it's, it's a really difficult uh, for the player evaluation group. Pete Patilla joining us on Astro Line, assistant GM of the Astros. And Pete, in the previous uh, mention of the outfield, you talked about the free agent class. And so far, here we are, uh, first week of January. The A guys, if you will, haven't really signed yet. A lot of relief pitchers haven't really signed yet. Had you guys anticipated that it might be a slower road, or has it surprised you that more guys are still out there and available as we crossed into the new year? Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, we, we, we knew that, you know, this was a really odd year and, and, you know, the pandemic is still unfortunately raging and, uh, you know, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel, but, um, obviously, you know, I, I think in 2019 people would say there's no chance any of this could happen. That's, that's wild. But now here we are. And, and I think people, you know, are, are considering the fact that uncertainty is a real thing. And I'm not sure that has something to do with it, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, once one domino falls, you know, it, it, the market will move, you know, quickly after that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we, we thought, you know, could happen, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. It could, you know, move pretty quick here and, and, uh, be sort of back to normal, but, uh, yeah, definitely just a lot of uncertainty everyone's dealing with. And a lot of the uncertainty for Astros fans is knowing that there's a possibility they could lose one of their favorite players in George Springer, even their one of their favorite players in Michael Brantley. Those guys have definitely endeared themselves into the hearts of Astros fans, George, over a longer period of time than Michael. Are you guys still hopeful that maybe one of those guys could still find their way back into an Astros uniform in 2021? Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, hopeful for that. But uh, obviously they they you know, put up quite the production there and, and they've earned their opportunities to, you know, seek out, you know, you know, deals in the free agent market. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's, you know, they were a couple of the best outfielders in the game and now they're free agents so that, you know, everyone's got a shot at them. So, you know, it, it makes it, you know, even tougher to, uh, you know, bring them back. But I mean, they, they gave as much as they could to, to the team. So i um, happy for them. It's, it, the accomplishments, the things that they brought to the team, you know, really exciting, but yeah, you know, hopefully something can work out, but uh, we'll see. How um, involved are you on the major league side, Pete, and, and with some of the, the player acquisition and various moves? I mean, I know a lot of your attention's on the, on the minor league side. How involved are you on the major league side? Yeah. So I started getting more involved uh, you know, this past year, but uh, we have a big group of, uh, uh, staff in, in the front office here that um, really drives our efforts there. And um, it, it's really, you know, all hands on deck kind of operation, just given the other clubs that we, we maintain talks with and the, the trade market um, and whatnot. But yeah, I, I'm still heavily involved in uh, player development and sports medicine and performance. And, you know, th those are big parts of our operation um, while, you know, also, keeping a pulse on you know, what's happening in the player acquisition area, but uh, definitely a, a, a balancing act, but we have a, a, a group of um, staff on, on the player evaluation group who are very talented and um, really driving a lot of those efforts. You know, there's a lot of attention paid to 
uh, player development now and, you know, some of the tools that are out there uh, that can allow you to evaluate guys, even throwing bullpens or just take, taking a batting practice or taking some swings off a tee. Uh, maybe fans aren't as aware of some of the advancements on the, you know, you mentioned sports performance and, and sports science, some of the advancements on that level, since those aren't necessarily as, as, as visible. What are some of the biggest advancements and biggest changes that you've seen uh, on that side of the game. And I know you've been involved in that and the Astros have really tried to ramp up that those departments over the last last two or three years or so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, TrackMan is the technology that's kind of formed the, the bedrock of um, our, our player development department in terms of understanding, you know, how players are performing, you know, areas of, of potential improvement. Um, we layer on a lot of... Uh, high-speed video cameras um, so that we can see the movements in, in you know, more detail. And one of the bigger um, technologies coming along now is uh, Hawkeye, and they offer uh, not only ball tracking, but they also track the players in the field. So you can see sprint speed on the bases and in the infield and the outfield. And also um, they have higher frame rate cameras that allow you to uh, track the uh, skeleton of the pitcher and the hitter along with the bat. So that's going to be a new data set that, um, you know, potentially revolutionizes um, certain parts of the game because, you know, you essentially have similar data that you would normally see from a lab where somebody has all the markers on them, you know, with the Vicon system, you know, we could potentially get that in, in games. So, uh, that's something that we're excited to uh, explore moving forward. How about uh, metrically defensively? Um, I, I know last year it was all about the metrics in terms of who won a gold glove. And uh, a lot of people would argue, including myself, that Carlos Correa had the best year at shortstop of anybody in the American League. And uh, J.P. Crawford ended up winning it. Are the defensive metrics changing and getting better year by year? Is that still an area that is tough to really quantify based on shifting, based on using, or based on a lot of different things? Where where are we defensively with metrics, and is there still a ways to go? I think they've gotten better, but I, I definitely do think there's there's still a ways to go because a lot of them don't understand the starting position of the fielder, which obviously has a, a huge impact. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, systems like Hawkeye um, will help to improve those in the future. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how much of that um, finds its way into those, you know, the voting for the gold glove. How excited are you? We mentioned the outfield and some question marks. How, how excited are you to see uh, the entire infield come back for 2021, including the catcher, Martin Maldonado, who hadn't been, who's been back and forth a few times over the last mm -hmm. year? Yeah, really excited. I mean, it's, obviously we're, we're spoiled to have the group that we do um, on the dirt. So um, really, really looking forward to getting everybody back and, and seeing what they can do out there. You know, one guy speaking of infield that intrigues me on the minor league side is Jeremy Pena. And I mean, you talk about 2020 kind of being a, a lost year. It felt like just watching what we saw of Pena in spring training, like this is a guy who had a chance to, to maybe do some things and, and really, uh, improve his standing in the organization uh, if he had gotten to play a minor league season in, in, in 2020. What have you guys seen from Jeremy Pena and, and what do you think is next for him? Yeah, he's somebody who, um, you know, he played in the Cape when he was in college at Maine and, you know, we brought him in and we've, we've pushed him since then. And, you know, he was in the Arizona Fall League. Um, you know, it was a tough assignment for him, but he's, he's the type of player who, you know, even if he might struggle, he, he takes 
from that experience, things he needs to work on and just keeps uh, moving forward. And you know, he's, he's seen some of the, the fruits of his labor in winter league. He was named uh, rookie of the year in the Dominican winter league. So um, really happy for him um, seeing some of those results, but uh, yeah, very physically gifted um, athletic uh, shortstop. You know, he's got a good arm and really runs well. And uh, he's got quite a bit of power at the plate, um, good contact skills, and he's just been working on tapping into more of that power. But um, he's gotten to play with um, uh, Fernando Tatis and a, a few other big leaguers on, on the winter ball team this year. So curious to hear what he's learned from those guys. Yeah, you mentioned uh, winter ball and uh, Pena, the success that he had. And uh, you mentioned Jose Siri earlier, who's who had a two-homer game the other day in the in the postseason in the Dominican Winter League. How closely are you guys kind of following those winter ball games, especially since obviously you, you don't have a whole lot to go on from the regular season this past year? Yeah, I mean we we're we're fans just like uh, everybody watching, and you know we like to see what the guys can do out there. So it's been nice just from that perspective, just to see the guys go out and compete. Um, and also just to see, you know, how they put things together. Um, you know, Kent Emanuel has been down there throwing, um, you know, he felt good. Um, Jeremy Pena, obviously we just talked about, um, it's been great to see them get out and compete and see pitching. And, um, it, it just helps, like you said, to make up for some of the lost time. So, you know, definitely been following it closely. Some of the guys have, uh, I've been watching, you know, the Spanish broadcast and, and uh, trying to pick up some Spanish uh, skills there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah, speaking of making up for lost time, I'm sure one of the toughest things to deal with in this strange year is you always have a decision to make about where to start guys at the beginning of a season coming out of spring training. Um, and now you've got a, guys that are all a year older, but without the year of experience under their belts, unless they were at the alternate training site. Is that one of the most difficult things this offseason, trying to discuss where to place guys that maybe a guy would have started uh, at, a, at a lower level and now maybe bumped up just because of his age without having gone through that experience? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, obviously we had the, the draft last year. We signed, signed some new players and, you know, that kind of, bumps everybody up a bit. So um, there's there's some of that where they're just kind of forced up the system. Um, I think that'll happen a bit across the league. Um, so it'll help to normalize it a little bit, but yeah, it, it's definitely kind of odd looking at the depth chart, trying to figure out where exactly guys are, are gonna end up. Um, and, it, and it might, you know, kind of reframe how some people view the need for certain players to kind of have that slow progression of the system. Yeah, we, we try to promote guys aggressively when they perform, but um, and we saw some guys thrust into action this year um, who hadn't pitched above um, high A and they did, they did pretty well. So um, I think it speaks to the talent that those guys have and um, you know, that hopefully these guys can make the adjustment, you know, jumping up to the higher levels this year. And the highest of levels now is right in the Houston Astros backyard with Sugarland. What a, a, a unusual circumstance, but what a great uh, comforting circumstance to have AAA and major league facilities within uh, the proximity of basically a suburb of the city. What are your thoughts about Sugarland? Yeah, we're excited to uh, to move in there. Um, you know, staff's working hard, make improvements on the facility, and. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, a nice change in terms of having the guys right down the road and I, I, it'll be a, 
enhance quality of life for those guys too. You know, they won't have to worry about moving and whatnot if they get the call. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited all around to, to have them um, just down the road. And, uh, you know, much has been talked about, obviously, about the reshuffling of the minor leagues and uh, TK mentioning Sugarland, also, you know, Corpus Christi, an Astros-owned affiliate, they're back as AA. Uh, Fayetteville is back, also owned by the Astros as an A-ball affiliate. But Asheville, North Carolina, the Asheville tourists uh, added into the mix. I know when this kind of shuffling was going on in the minor leagues, uh, major league clubs had some input in terms of uh, wh wh what affiliates they wanted. How did that process shake out uh, with, with Asheville getting added to the fold for the uh, Astros? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, obviously MLB had a, you know, a lot of uh, pieces of the puzzle together. And, um, you know, throughout the process, you know, we, we'd give them, give them our feedback. And uh, we're excited to partner with um, Asheville. Uh, the climate there is solid and it's a, ballpark I haven't been to personally but I'm, I'm told there's some nice uh, old-timey kind of vibes coming from it I think Babe Ruth played there they said so that's right um, yeah we hear, hear great things about the uh, the town too just a, a lot to do there it's a, obviously a tourist destination um, and uh, the, the ballpark will be interesting it's a kind of a Cracker Jack Park I think 290 to right field so um, <laughs> We'll see how we uh, make the adjustment there on the pitching side, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to uh, moving in there. And it has to make it also uh, easier because Fayetteville is in the eastern part of North Carolina, Asheville's in the western part of North Carolina. So it has to make it easier too in terms of players moving between those two clubs and also when you have roving instructors or yourself and others, they go down to see one in North Carolina, they can see the other. For sure, yeah, it definitely helps to have the, the clubs kind of clustered. Um, now we obviously have the clubs in Texas plus the major league team and then the two in, in North Carolina. So definitely makes things easier from a, a travel perspective. Hey, we are really appreciate the time. Um, we're hoping to see you in person and get to hang out a little bit in West Palm Beach because I know last year was completely different, but we're not sure what the future holds. Uh, thank you for the time on Astro Line tonight, and we look forward to catching up with you sooner uh, then later. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully see you soon. That is Pete Patilla as the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros in his second season after being promoted last year. We thank him for his time. We will have one more segment on Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing. We are live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd Drive. Todd Callis and Robert Ford to wrap things up right after this final break. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! Welcome back to Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing for our final segment. We are live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd Drive. We will be here each and every Thursday right up till spring training, and then we'll shift the show down to West Palm Beach, Florida. 
First show of 2021, almost in the books. Todd Callis alongside Robert Ford. Robert, I don't know about you, but once the calendar turns, that's when I really feel like it's time to ramp up. And today, some news both with the Astros and in the major leagues that get, gets people excited. Yeah, and you're right. I feel the same way. Once you get past uh, the ball dropping, then it's like, okay, now now baseball season is, is about to be here. Um, but yeah, uh, exciting news, obviously, in baseball with the, the big trade. Uh, I think everybody's kind of known. The Indians have pretty much said that Francisco Lindor, they weren't going to be able to resign him uh, so that he, he was likely to get traded and the Mets pulling off the big deal, which I also don't think is a surprise considering uh, all the noise their new ownership has made with Steve Cohen heading that and, and, and wanting to, 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 to really build that brand back up over there in New York. So that's obviously pretty exciting. Uh, and, uh, and obviously the Astros, seeing them make a, a move, uh, you know, may seem small right now, bringing in Ryan Stanek on a one-year deal after pitching with the Marlins and the Rays previously. But he's someone who could certainly figure prominently in the Astros' bullpen plans, particularly when you think about the back end of that pen and how you get to Ryan Presley. We were getting on the air when they had the media sessions today with both Ryan and with James Click. Uh, but obviously, it sounds like that's just the first of what could be a number of moves for the Astros. Well, certainly. I mean, I think you just look around and, uh, you know, the outfield, obviously, the Astros need to figure out what they're going to do there, whether they're going to be able to read side Springer or not. Even even if they do, they're still going to have to to fill some other holes in the outfield. And then, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Maybe see if you can get another starting pitcher, maybe another bullpen arm or two and try and shore some things up. Uh, so obviously those are all things that are on James Click's plate. Uh, and there are a lot of guys out there. I mean, there were quite a few guys non-tendered more than ever before this year. Uh, this, so that, that, that obviously creates a lot of opportunities. And a lot of free agents just haven't signed yet. It's been a pretty slow offseason. Uh, the market hasn't moved very quickly. So uh, I think that there will still be a lot of opportunities, even though it may seem like the Astros haven't done a whole lot yet. I think you could see with every team kind of a flurry of activity right before spring training. One of the topics we talked to Pete Patilla about, and we thank him for being our guest today, the assistant GM of the Houston Astros, was whether or not the season was going to start on time. And he feels like everything is uh, looking like it's going to go off on time. We'll know more in the next week or two, but hopefully a month from now we're getting ready for spring training in West Palm Beach, Florida. But in the interim, uh, everybody asks us what we do in the offseason. You've got a little college basketball right in your backyard this weekend, huh? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, broadcasting the uh, Houston U of H basketball game against Tulane coming up on Saturday uh, at the Fertitta Center for uh, ESPNU. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, college basketball is my second favorite sport to broadcast <laughs> after baseball. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to, to doing that game and a few more college basketball games in the works. And uh, obviously everything is different now with uh, COVID-19 and protocols and everything. And I know you've done a lot of basketball. Usually you're right on the court. Yep. We're going to be like, I think we're going to be like in the second level or something like that. They, they're trying to keep us as far away from the court as possible, which you can understand. But that'll make things different, but it'll still be a lot of fun. The good news at the Fertitta Center, every seat is a good seat. Yes, that so. is very true. Baseball season, it comes and goes. But Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! 